This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello and welcome to the Super Jcast. My name is Damon McDonald. Of course you know that. But with me this week is a special guest because usually sitting in the seat driving the ship, as we like to say, driving the boat, uh, Joel's away on a wonderful month-long holiday. It's like Rich Creech all over again. He is in the UK with his family. For the first time in many, many, many years, and he is having a wonderful time. And um, but I needed to make uh, I needed to make a tag. I needed to I, I sent out the uh, bat signal. And of course, the first person we think of when it comes to saving our asses and having a wonderful pro wrestling type guest, uh, a a cigar expert, a Kota Obushi scholar. Uh, a Super J-Cast Hall of Famer. Oh, oh yes. We had that. Remember that? What's that one? <laughs> we scrapped that idea. Um, hey, everyone. Uh, you may know her as uh, Booze Leprechaun on Twitter, but it's Nicole Reno, and we are happy to have her here on the Super J-Cast. Hi, Nicole. How are you? South Jersey representing. <laughs> yes. That's right. We were, bo- we're both... Uh, I'm currently there. No, you're in Houston, is it? Uh, yeah, I'm currently in Houston. Burning. And it's burning. hot. Oh, fuck. It's like the inside of Satan's asshole. <laughs> that's, that's that's not comfortable at all. No. It's a, my God. What is it? Like 100 Fahrenheit? No, no it's, it's, a, it's, it's mid-90s, but the real feel is like 105. Mm. It's too hot. Yeah. It's, 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 that's just not right. No. People should, human beings can't survive in that weather. I'm just letting you know. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you know this. They can't do it. They can't do it. I, I, uh, I could never survive down there. I don't, I don't like, I don't like the wind. I'm like, I'm, I, I'm the Joe Lanza of the show. I don't like the sun. I will burn. Um, I, I don't like sweating. It's too hot. Why, why? You can move. You can move. I could move, but. It's cheap to live down here. There's no, it, there's no state income tax. Ooh, yeah. Okay. Right. There's so a plus. That, yeah. And the food's better probably, right? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, Houston normally, I think, cracks the top 10 of America's fattest cities. <laughs> I fit right in. I right in. Go on. Tacos, best? Yeah. And, and obviously, being in Houston, we have, you know, you can either get the Tex-Mex tacos or the proper uh, Mex-Mex tacos like I've, yeah. I've got a little taco truck right around the corner and i've i've lived down here since 94 and i still barely know enough spanish to like make my way around the taco truck like i just okay. learned like a month ago the difference between mini tacos and regular tacos at the taco truck and all it is is the number of corn tortillas they give you oh I was thinking size. I was going to be like, okay, one smaller, I guess. That, <laughs> it's the amount. Right. That's what That's what I just kind of assumed. Oh, I'll get a regular size taco and I'll get some more meat. And right. no, I just get more corn tortillas. 
Okay. But they do, right, do more for it. So a mini, my taco truck, what they call a mini taco or a mini taquito, uh-huh. $1. I want the regular taco, which again, okay. all I'm getting ultimately is more corn tortillas, $2. No extra meat, no extra fillings, no extra sour cream, no nothing, just the, the tortilla. No. So at the, at, at the taco oh. truck, the, the, they're Mex-Mex tacos. So I always get pastor which is uh, pork. I love the yes. pastor. And it's normally just meat. And then if I want it, cilantro. And then I have to ask for extras. Like, like I'm not asking for sour cream because I know they laugh at me as it is. Dude, when is, I, that, is that a faux pas? Is that a, is that a no, taco no, faux pas? No, I think they laugh at me because I, I, I try to say machete, which is okay. another Mexican. It's, it's delicious. It's just this fuck long thing of meat stuffed in a tortilla. Um, All right. it's, it's delicious, but I'm pretty sure I'm always butchering it because I'm trying to pronounce it correctly. And I'm just a white girl from South Jersey. <laughs> it always reminds me of, uh, I forget. I think it was on uh, all these voices of wrestling references today. Um, uh, someone described Stephanie McMahon's smile as, uh, the white woman who says, uh, gracias at the Mexican restaurant or some nonsense like that. Always- yeah, it, it's either that or she's the white woman handing out the pox blankets. <laughs> okay, right, right. Just, uh, I mean, but here's the thing. You've acclimated yourself pretty nicely down there, though. All right? It, yeah. Like, it, it doesn't feel like it was such a huge culture shock because I think to me, Going from the Philadelphia area to Houston, I I don't I think I would survive like a week. I th- I think it helped that I was doing it when I was eighteen, right? I did it right out right out of high school, so there was all that adventure in me because I wanted to get the fuck out of South Jersey. Yeah, um, who doesn't? Right, um, and I, I I still miss it. I would I I always say that if I was crazy enough to get married and have kids, I would take my kids back up north. Because the education is significantly better up in the north than it is in Houston um, or okay. in Texas in general. Where, yeah, you're already learning Spanish, you know. Uh, we, you know I, I, <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, enough Spanish that I can uh, order food um, in a restaurant and get get what I want. That that right. that's about it. Like I know more Russian than I do I do Spanish. Really? Yeah. I took, now why? God, why? Why would you? Why would this? Why would this be? Because that's not. That's a. It's not an easy language. It, it, and b. Right, like, what are you? What are you look, looking at? Fucking hockey prospects? What are you doing? No, no. Um, I took it as my language in college. I'd taken German in high school for three years, but I knew while I was good, I wasn't gonna be good enough to test out of it for college. And I was like, okay, if I gotta take two years of a language, um, let me kind of do something different. And um, one of my side things, just for fun, is I love Eastern European history. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Like my bookshelf is just littered with books on like Serbia and the Balkans and Russia and all that. Wow. And I was like, okay, I'll take, um, why don't I take Russian? And I found, at least for me, and obviously your mileage is going to vary, that was a fairly easy language for me to pick up. Really? Yeah. It's like the alphabet is obviously different and that had me worried. And it it's no, I, and I partly I had two really awesome professors, one that actually came from, I think it was Lithuania. 
And the other one was just an American that had, you know, had studied Russian and had been, I think, like a like an army translator and things like that. Yeah, um, really great class, and it was small, so it was kind of perfect in that regards as well. Because I, I think at most there was maybe like ten of us. Okay. So great. Yeah, that's those are the best classes. Yeah. You know, yeah, the, yeah. The, the lower the lower the student count, the better. And it always seems like the better teachers gravitate there, doesn't it? Like you'll have the best teacher in that type of environment as opposed to you know, a 30 or, or 50 or, you know, how many other people are in the class? Yeah. And like, I like the guy so much that he taught, taught a course one year on a like early Russian literature. And I'm like, okay, I got to take this course as an elective. Cause I just like this guy so much. You read his work? No, no, no. He didn't write any, but he was just teaching, you know, so we're doing Pushkin and Nabokov and you know, all, all that jazz. But he also just had this great dry sense of humor like one, I remember one class where he's, he goes, sour cream is the lifeblood of the Russian people. If they don't eat a quarter of it a day, they die. See, now that's, that might explain the sour cream thing yes. when you get the tacos. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Now we're, we're coming full, full fucking circle here. Yeah. People. Look at this. But no, but 18. So I was excited and adventurous. I lived on campus and, you know, U of H, uh, I went to University of Houston. Um, it is a very diverse campus, a nice mix of, you know, your traditional student and what they like to call the non-traditional student, that older person that is, you know, decided to go back to college. Okay, nice. All right. So it was, it was just perfect for me when I was, you know, in my teens. And, and then when I graduated, I'm like, I've made friends. I like it down here. Um, it's cheap to live down here. And uh, I'll stay, and I've stayed ever since. And again, the summers haven't haven't pulled you away yet. <laughs> the summers are weird. Um, like, yes, it's been hot. Houston, though, has this wonderful thing called air conditioning. Oh, um, you got one of those, right? Okay. So you, go, you you will go into any building in Houston, and the AC is almost perpetually cranked to like somewhere in the sixties or the low seventies. Now we're talking. I, I always amaze. So I, I went to campus for a visit and I'm like, why is everybody walking around in jeans with a sweatshirt on their side when it's a hundred degrees outside? And then I realized why it's you go into the classrooms and they're freezers. You could hang meat in them. <laughs> nice. Nice. I like a cold, I like a cold room. Yeah. I definitely love a cold room in the, like for sleeping. That's another thing. I, yeah, I might, yeah, my air conditioner would be on, I think it, uh, year round. I think year round it would be on down there, no doubt, no doubt. All right, I don't want to bore everybody with <laughs> with air conditioning talk. I mean, listen, I'm sure you're you're very well versed in the HVACR, but but I don't know if you know this. We do a New Japan Pro Wrestling podcast. Um, I don't know about structure, and I was I was talking to you um, a little bit about that. Like like, there's news to cover, and we definitely will get there. But I kind of wanted to just kind of pick your brain on. New Japan in this year, 2022, where you stand, where you see this company going, do you see an end of the light, all that nonsense. So my first question to you is this, 2022, are we back? I I don't know if we're back back. I think Mm -hmm. we're close to being back. I think, and I know um, if we want to kind of jump into it, one part of the news items now. I think cheering is 
the last impetus for everyone to feel like we're back. Um, Corrigan had what, like 1,200 people for Kushida's return match? I mean, that place was packed. It was very, I mean, hot, no pun intended, crowd. And and I, I think at this point for most people, it would be cheering. For me, I cheering, like that was probably the most annoying discourse the last two years. Because yeah. because I just took it as well. That's just the state of things. It's I can complain about it, but it's not going to change. And I just accepted that there would be no cheering. Now, also, I think part of that might be because I also watch Japanese baseball and I watch sumo. So I was watching these other things in Japan that were just as um, lacking in in cheers. So maybe right. I was a little more used to it. And for me, I'm also of the opinion that. If you need cheering to take a match from an okay match to a notebook match, that's not on the match. That's on you. Okay. Because I think a match should be able to exist in the vacuum of silence. And you, you I mean, because you can still see the moves. You can still see what they're doing. You just aren't feeding off the crowd's reaction to tell you how to feel. You've got to feel it yourself. Okay. Do you think that that took away... I mean, for any promotion, not just New Japan, but do you think during the whole pandemic that that element being missing missing took away any of your enjoyment or any of your I don't know, I don't know, passion for specifically New Japan, but pro wrestling in general? De- definitely, and I and I think for me it was yeah, it's a reminder of the dystopian hellscape that we're living in. But also as somebody that spent that dystopian hellscape not missing any work because we defied the shutdown in the city because I still had bills to pay um, and dealing with retail in Texas where you'd have a mix of people that were either one end of the spectrum wrapped in bubble and masked up and getting jabbed as many times as they could to the guy that literally slipped me a fake HIPAA card as to why he was not wearing a mask. Really? And then those guys, I was like, um, can I charge your card for a thousand dollars then? Why? Because I'm going to get fined a thousand dollars if a cop comes by and sees your unmasked ass in my store. Because that's how the laws were written to um, penalize the business owners not the actual people not wearing masks. Right. You were the ones that were going to get, it was your responsibility as a business owner to, to regulate that yourselves, which is really unfair. You're trying to run a fucking business. Um, all right, let's not get, let's, let's, I'm going to take the boat, <laughs> take that fucking boat, turn it this way. We're going to, um, so with that being said, again, uh, New Japan, Pro, for those who don't know, New Japan Pro Wrestling uh, had a little, what would you call it, like a business kind of state of the union kind of thing? I guess it was weird, though, because how many businesses would have wrestlers at it? Because <laughs> WWE <laughs> doesn't have this. WWE doesn't have Cena come on to their earnings calls with Wall Street. Um, but their new... There Obari was um, having Tanahashi, having Hiromu. I think the big thing was that they had great Okan on it. And I think that yeah. says a lot about how the company views him 
that they would have him at this thing that's meant to be a forward-facing state of the union to public and shareholders and 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 the like because you know Yoshihashi's not getting invited to these things well Yoshihashi's also not rescuing uh children and uh and offering them pancakes so uh until he does that then then maybe he gets invited to some of these events doesn't he have like seven of them <laughs> he he's, he's 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 too he's too busy with his own kids to go rescue <laughs> other people's kids <laughs> you know he, he probably rescued his own yeah i wouldn't be surprised he i mean is that a seven is that a is that a number that is accurate um, it may not be seven, but I there there's more than than one child in the right. in the tacos household. All right, is it uh, if I set the over under number of four? Is it over four? I think Can you definitely. I think it's over four. Let me. Uh, uh, I'm going to quick throw this to Discord. Um, all right, because we right. we have some some tacos experts on Discord. Really? What a pack of maniacs! <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, uh, all right, let's let's get let's get this out of the way, because right? I, I, I told you we're going to go all over the place. So, for those of you who do not know, and you should, uh, our Discord is managed, um, uh, resided upon, or whatever you want to fucking ruled with an iron fist. Uh, Nicole is, is is the head honcho. What has been the biggest Joy for you moderating our Discord channel. Besides keeping uh, certain people out, <laughs> do you like that? Do you like the the the, the kicking of people, the, the the booting of people? Do you like that? Uh, uh, only for one person, that was satisfying. Um, okay, you know, but but overall, but in all honesty, I think we've lucked out in that for the most part. It's a fairly positive, open community. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone, for the most people, are excuse me, are just super chill, and we've we've just made a community where everybody's welcome. If you get the pass from Joel, and it's one of those things where we'll have arguments with each other, but the minute we see one of our own getting um, into arguments with other other people on other discords or other social media we're in like a pack of dogs protecting them no it's good all right i like that that's that that's comforting um so what advice would you give someone who is monitoring 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 a discord channel. It doesn't have to be pro wrestling, but what advice would you give that person to run a smooth ship? Or even better yet, what advice would you give three years ago, four years ago, five years ago, Nicole, on running a, a Discord channel? Don't fucking do it. <laughs> I can't I gotta be honest with you. I can't think of a worse fucking thing to do. Um, <laughs> like, I feel so bad for you sometimes. Like, I just like, why would you do, why would you do this? I, I feel bad for myself sometimes. It's, it's, no, it's my, how I, I, I've kept the bootings to a minimum is basically you have to have, it's, it's almost like being a teacher in that you have to accept that there's a wide range of personalities. Mm -hmm. And if you're taking stock of how people are interacting and, you know, what gets them into an argument per se and what sets them off, 
and you've got to handle everybody differently. And I'll take that a. That sounds exhausting. It is. It, it can be exhausting. exhausting. Like when we when when the drawbridge was open and everybody could come in, and that would then that slightly wider range of personalities. Um, I would always pull the trouble kids into a DM and just talk, oh. right? Okay. And just be like, All okay, right. here here is why people are mad at you beyond just they think you're take a shit, right? Mm-hmm. And. He, let's ha- let's have a chat and let me try to explain why what you're saying is being interpreted the way you're saying it. I'm sure that you don't actually mean it in the vein that you it's coming off as. And let's just chat and try to work through this and get everybody on, on a safe playing field and, and playing nice. Because it's also recognizing, especially with something like New Japan, is the wide variety of ages. Yes. So I'm- Yes, that's, and that's one thing- Quite honestly, like when like we would do, you know, even the one in Chicago, like it felt like it, like the age range varied tremendously, um, and even in Japan, it's it's amazing. And then you know, the people will come up and be like, "Oh, I'm whatever Twitter handle," and I I don't really know them, but the some of them I do, like some of the older ones I do, and I was like, "Oh, that's you," and, and you know, they're like he's like twenty five, and then there's other ones that are like my age, you know, thirty. right so it's it's also taking that into account and going okay you're you're a college kid so your life experiences are significantly less than say mine and you've just not really been out in the world and experienced things that would maybe have you react differently in this situation because it's just about age and maturity and it's 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 one getting other people to realize that so there's not like the pitchforks and go look this this individual is just you know a freshman in, in college so they're obviously they have slightly world different worldviews right that's true I mean you you that's a a very valid point something that I don't do <laughs> that that I probably should work on a little bit harder um, when. When you got into this pro wrestling stuff, were you at all embarrassed by it? Like, would you tell friends that you were into this or family members or anything like that? I, I don't know if I would say embarrassed. I think it, I think the embarrassment corresponded to whatever age I was at. So I talked a little bit about this on my first appearance, but I got into wrestling First, first go around in the 80s. So one of the first matches I remember seeing is um, Macho Man versus Steamboat, that match where he um, crushes Steamboat, the th- crushes the throat with the ring bell. And yeah. there I am, uh, maybe eight, 10, you know, young. And I'm, of course, I'm falling for it. I'm like, oh, oh, oh my God. And then I'm having to tune in next week to see what happens. Um in the household, it wasn't a big deal because I can remember my dad pirating. I think it was WrestleMania three because we had one of the. <laughs> really? How did he get it? What we we, the, we, had, we had one of those big old satellite dishes that kids oh, to, nice. that kids today would look at it and think I'm sending messages to space for aliens. Right, right. Yeah. But we had we had one of those big old things, and you could just twiddle the knobs and just kind of hunt around and find things. Find the feeds. Find the actual feeds being broad, you know, being to the broadcast booths, wherever it is. Um, so it's like the, a raw feed, right? Yeah. 
Oh, it, was, nice. it was a lot of work. Um, like we stumbled on the feed for Star Trek The Next Generation that they were sending to the different, um, to all the different stations. So I've got VHS tapes of Star Trek Next Generation episodes that I would tape off the satellite dish that didn't have the that didn't have the commercial breaks. That's awesome. That just had the black, just had the space to where then the individual stations would insert the commercials. I always wanted that. Like growing up, I I, I promise you, I, I I was I was renting a house and I was this close to to doing that. Like it, it would never work. Obviously, I'm renting the fucking house. Um, I, I would be probably be living there for a year, but yet I was fascinated by. It. I wanted one so fucking bad. You have no idea. And then I was one of the bozos who bought like Directv when it first came out for like six hundred bucks. That's like the one all like, you know one receiver. <laughs> Ridiculous. But I just wanted because it, it was the hockey package. Yeah. I mean, no, we we ended up getting we ended up switching from because that big ass dish, while it's cool, um, was obviously a pain to maneuver because you can imagine um, the le- electronics in the eighties to maneuver that yeah. thing. So it's literally just like a big black box with a couple of dials on it. So you would twist one dial to find a specific satellite, and then you were twisting the other dial to see what was coming off that satellite. Could you get Japanese stuff? Probably. I mean, if I'd known any better, I, I, I would have hunted for those things. Right. But it was, you know, we weren't doing that. Also, in the wintertime, you had to go out there and knock the snow off of it. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, right. And things like that. Um, my dad killed the neighbor's trees because they were blocking a bunch of the satellites. So he cut them down? No. What he did was he nailed, he went out one night and he nailed copper nails into the base of the tree. Here's the trick. You get the copper nails in there, and eventually, very quickly, the tree grows over the copper nails. But then the copper nails start doing their work and kill the tree. So it's a slow play move, but (laughs) it doesn't happen overnight. But eventually, it got to the point where the neighbors had to pay people to come out to cut the trees down. What's the statute of limitations on that? <laughs> like somebody listening, like, oh my God, that was our trade. I can't believe that was her. Yeah. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Uh, all right. So again, embarrassing wrestling. So your friends were cool with it too? My friends were relatively cool with it. I mean, I, I wasn't like rocking the shirts or anything. And it wasn't like I was going to shows. So it wasn't a thing of, oh, I can't hang with you tonight because I'm going to Philly to catch an ECW show or anything mm-hmm. like that. And then I got to college and I ended up going to Survivor Series with a friend in 94 because neither of us went home for Thanksgiving. And he was like, hey, you want to just fly up to San Antonio and go watch Survivor Series? And I was like, uh, was okay. Michaels? Is that the Michaels one in the belt? No, um, that is um, Bret Hart versus Owen Hart. Oh, No, no, wow. not Owen Hart. It's Bret Hart, um, Bob Backlund. I quit match. Oh, wow. All right. And 40-year-old Nicole would go back and tell 18-year-old Nicole to, like, watch that match more closely. Because we were on the Mm. floor. And so, obviously, if you're on the floor for that match, and most of the time they're in submission holds, it's not the most engaging match. Um. 
now I would go back and I'd be like, I would be all over it and appreciating it more than I did at the time. See, now I'm just the opposite in the sense of I'll go back and watch old Backlund matches just because I don't know why. But, you know, like I have every title defense from the spectrum and Madison Square Garden, all that shit, all on a hard drive. And I'll just pop. I'll just randomly throw in shit. And like sometimes I think, oh, my God. How did I watch that? <laughs> like, Pump Ackland was incredibly boring at a certain point of his career. Like, it was just like, oh, my God, what a snooze fest this is. Yeah, and I, and I don't think I would look at it as, oh, my God, it's a five-star match. But I think I would – I look at it more of the fact that I was sitting in the same building as two very respected wrestlers having this match and all the drama with Owen and his family and then trying to get them to throw the towel and everything. I think it's more appreciating who I was watching mm. and realizing mm. that, oh, I'm seeing, you know, two relatively great individuals at their craft. Do Did you ever have that looking back on your your interest in New Japan? Have you ever had that feeling for a wrestler or a match? In New Japan, where it was like, okay, upon first watch, eh, okay, it was, it was good. And then maybe after multiple viewings or just kind of, I got to go get back and, and look at that again. Like, did you have you had any of those moments ever? Probably some of the stuff with Jay White. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say the same. And I, I think we would both agree, especially his stuff early on. We, we just weren't, because he was refining the character. And it was so different from all the other guys at that level within New Japan at the time. It, a totally different match style and a way of working and, you know, just being bored and being mad. It's, it's kind of like the, the House of Torture thing in that you, know, you just get mad at it because it's not how we as Westerners want our New Japan to be. And, but then it's going back and going, oh, okay, this is... He's he's actually on to something, and I'm, I'm an idiot. <laughs> but I was I felt that way too. I mean, yeah. I, I definitely was in that camp, and also like my biggest loss, air quotes, is um, Naito. Like f for forever, I was like, I don't fucking understand what he's doing. I don't. Why is he not? Why if he's not interested, why should I be interested? You know that kind of mindset. Like I just had no idea. And, you know, and looking back at that, you know, that was some really great stuff yeah. leading up to it that I feel like I missed out on just because I was a little, I don't, I don't know, you know, maybe hard headed, maybe stubborn, maybe, I don't know, but it just wasn't what I was used to, I guess. Yeah. Especially when he first came back, like go watch that G, I think it's G1 match, him and Abushi. I think the first night when he's just in full in ingobernable mode. And it's incredibly frustrating because you're, you're you're watching this man basically strip for like five minutes. It's hot. Come on, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> with his with his raggedy Ann hair, um, and and then just doing what he's doing. And again, it's it, it stuck out like a sore thumb from what anybody else in the promotion was doing at the time. Yeah, I mean it, that's the power of I think guys having some creative freedom over which direction they want to go. Like that was a hard reset, um, you know, compared to 
you know, the, the silver and red jacket and, and all that stuff. Do you, how important do you think that is in your appreciation of New Japan? Like, are you a person who's fixated on matches and give me the, the fucking goods in the ring match quality wise? And I put that in air quotes. Or do you like a little bit more of the character development side of pro wrestling? Or is it just an equal share? For me, it's it's an equal share. It, because you got to have the good matches to want to get up at four o'clock in the morning and watch it, right? right? Or to carve time out of your day to watch it on on demand. There, there's got to be something to, to sink your teeth into. But as a part of that, you've got to be invested in some level in the performers. Um, a friend of mine is a, is a big WWE fan. He also, is like, also likes New Japan. He's an idol fan, so I always rib him every chance I get. But we've had this kind of standing deal now for the last few years that we'll get together for WrestleMania. And a friend of his comes from out of town, and we all get together and barbecue, and we sit outside, smoke cigars, and watch WrestleMania. So in me, as somebody that's just kind of dipping in to WWE a couple of times a year when I go to this guy's house to watch it, um, it, it I, I find myself kind of enjoying it because I'm with friends that really do enjoy it and get into it. So I'm feeding off of their excitement. But in the back of my mind, I'm sitting there in a vacuum going, I would never watch this alone. Right. And who watches this? And you look over and, oh, it's them. <laughs> right? There's yeah. an, obviously an audience. Yeah, there, there's yeah. an audience for it, and it fills its place, and it's still providing something to somebody, and that's great. Uh, I had another conversation with a friend last summer, and I was basically – I was very snobbish, and I – I said basically that I was I wasn't into American wrestling because he he asked me if I watched AEW and I'm like I just don't like the American style of wrestling and how they present it which to me feels it's more character based than the kind of balance that New Japan attempts to create. Mm. Is that is that a fearful thing for you though? Like is it like oh please don't like if you take two steps, you're going to take three and then you're going to take six. And then the next thing you know, we're going to, you know, we're, you know, WWE. No, because I think history is borne out that they never go over the, excuse me. Well, I mean, I know what you're going to say, but they probably went the other way with Anoki right. and MMA and all that stuff. And again, they were trying to emulate what was the hottest thing in the country at the time, but like it does feel like they can on a whim decide, okay, Nagata, you're going in there and getting your ass handed to you. <laughs> right. Th there is that aspect. And then if you look, uh, obviously we have to look at it historically. And like you said, they were trying to copy the hottest thing at the time and trying to recover and trying to, to capitalize on that. Um, but even in more recent, I mean, we were all sitting here wringing our hands over the evil turn and the house of torture and, oh my God, it's becoming too WWE and this is bullshit and this is not why I, I tune in and yada, yada, yada. And what have we seen since that all started a couple years ago is now it's dialed back. Yes, it's still there and, and you have the shenanigans, but they've, they've have fine tuned it and have found the proper place and the proper time for it. Do you think in, a, in the relatively near future we'll see that 
change and then them having more of a spotlight on them with Bullet Club uh, Civil War? Most likely because it just, they've been teasing it for so long. And we keep, you know, if, you know, with, with the Vo Patreon, good $10, give them your money um, instead of busting through a paywall. Um, you know, I have, at this point, I have no reason to believe that House of Torture will not play into the Bullet Club Civil War on some level. I, I would be shocked if they didn't. Is this the longest build to any pro wrestling angle that you can recommend? Oh. <laughs> it's like, this is like not only year, this is years that, that it's been, you know, every, every time you think it's starting, it, it doesn't. And then so many false starts. Like, it feels like this, this idea of a Bullet Club Civil War has been on our table for three years, it feels like. I just hope this one doesn't end on a boat. <laughs> look, you never, you know, that's, look, I think if they do it, they should go all in. And it feels like they're going to go all in. But. Man, they had it feels like they had some opportunities to make this happen with other people. And we'll get there. Um which way do I want to go? Do I want to go? I want to continue down this path because this is more interesting to me than uh, a, a a mindless cork and show that was okay. Um and we have new never six man tag team champions, which is wonderful. But it also um, but to me it also signaled that House of Torture is going to enter into the Bullet yeah. Club Civil War because now they don't have the belts. They don't have anything to encumber them. They are free and clear. Evil is free and clear to maybe win his G1 block. Mm. If you listen to last week, I was kind of like, Evil's going to be in the fucking mix. Yeah. Like he's he's got to be in the mix, um, which is, again, means, uh, I mean, we're going to dial up the shenanigans again. I, I don't know about that because I think Jay White, I, I view evil on a similar character path as Jay White. So Jay White comes onto this scene, flips from chaos to bullet club. And then we had that, you know, then we had the G one where Jay is just shenanigans left and right, not to the level of, of evil, but very similar, frustrating, cheating, and then a, that eventually got dialed back to the point where, yeah, you're going to have some shenanigans, but they don't factor in to the closing stretch. And it's just all Jay being Jay and without Gato. And I feel evil is on a similar plan. And, and we're slowly getting to that point of, yeah, well, th there'll be some bullshit with Gato. Oh, not Gato, um, Togo. But I think at the end, I'm hoping that that will not factor into the closing stretch of, of like, say, a G1 block final. Well, they'll be just in time to hear the booze, right? Yes, so yes. We have, we, we have uh, finally, again, for those of you not in the know, uh, yeah, they announced that they were going to have cheering, uh, cork, and they were going to uh, section off areas uh, where people can cheer. And I guess in G1, they're going to have uh, areas where if you're a fan of a certain faction, 
you'll be able to cheer. So I don't think I don't I don't think there's going to be cheering at Budokan. I think Budokan Budokan's doing the faction sections, mm-hmm. but I no cheering. I got the impression from, and and I didn't watch the thing. I read the official tweet thread. Um, I got the impression that we're not having cheering back. Sorry, kids, until September fourth and fifth at Corrigan. Oh. Oh boy! That okay. that's how I read that that spe- that specific passage. And I was <sighs> I'm like, a little disappointed. It it, it, it that kind of shocked me. I'm like, really, you guys? How do you pull right? Why? What's the difference? Why are you not doing it at Budokan? I don't know. And and obviously, I could be wrong. I I I could have I I could be interpreting that incorrectly. Right, but, I'm going to read it right from the I'm going to read it right from the website. Yeah. And I quote from New Japan Pro Wrestling 1972.com and JPW1972.com. September 5th and 6th, we'll see special events in Cork and Hall with half capacity to allow for a cheering section and allow fans to finally use their voices. Rules and details are to be announced for these cards, which will also feature separated sections for fans less comfortable with using their voices. So again, if you don't necessarily want feel the... It's the right thing for you, the, you to do from a health standpoint. You can get away from the people cheering, but how do you how do you dial that back? Like how do you? But that's say, after okay, G. But that's at, but that's after G one. Doesn't G one yeah. end in August? When does G one? That's a great question. G one should be ending in August. It's almost be, it's almost a month. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. How do you? Huh. What are they waiting for? I don't know. I don't. <laughs> and maybe it's Budokan. I mean, Budokan Big. has weird rules, right? I mean, they wouldn't let Okada have his balloons. Yeah. So I, I, yeah. I, I could see it. If if New Japan told me that the reason why G1's not having cheering is because of Budokan rules, I would totally believe it. Do they think they're like, are they saying, uh, New Japan saying? Okay, we're going to run Budokan. We know that we're not going to be able to have cheering fans. But in lieu of that, we're going to have a pretty nice house, right? So if we have cheering, we're going to have 50% capacity maybe um, without the cheering. And we've done it without the cheering for, for, for over a year. It could be done. We know it can. Uh, we'll have them stomp their feet, but we're going to have a packed house and a bigger gate. I think so. Because that was also a takeaway from that I got from that business meeting, rah rah State of the Union deal was obviously there's, you know, they're still trying to to rebound their um, live gate sales, and they were they were they they were happy that they had sold like thirty thousand or three. They were like, we we've already sold this many tickets, and we're hoping for the entirety of the G one that we can sell. And I think it was like thirty and fifty that they had sold like thirty thousand tickets, and they were hoping to ultimately get up to fifty thousand for the entirety of the G one. Right. Um, so- and I know they were they were encouraging people to go to multiple events just to kind of pump up that G one um, and and those ticket sales. I mean, this is a company that lives and dies by it you know they that's the the biggest thing that impacts their bottom line is a live gate yeah so gotta do what you gotta do speaking of gotta do what you gotta do uh first time opportunities here attention turned to november 20th new japan and stardom card 
um, and after some speculation, Obari uh, revealed that there would be around two, and that is in quotes, around two mixed tags on the card that will also see New Japan Pro Wrestling and Stardom's top flight engaged in their own exclusive matches. Your thoughts on this pretty landmarkish decision, right? It's landmarkish, but at the same time, I think they're doing the WWE style mixed tag to where like if somebody gets tagged by their partner, then the other part then the other so let's say it's like male female. Right. right. Um right. that kind of disappoints me because Japan and other promotions doesn't have a problem with just women fighting guys. Right. Um but but I also get that they're trying to ease New Japan is trying to ease people into this, I guess, of getting fans kind of used to this maybe on both sides. So, yes, very landmark. It's it's great that we're having that crossover. I personally am not a fan of the the tag rules that they're using, but that's me. Um, your mileage is going to vary. I'm sure there's some people that are just very happy that they're going to have stardom on a New Japan show, unironically. So. That's, that's my point. I mean, yeah. for how many years? It seems like since the beginning of the internet. You know, the first person who sent a message was, why aren't there women on New Japan Pro Wrestling shows? Um, and, you know, they, they've they dipped their toes in it. They've had dark matches at Wrestle Kingdom. They've, they've had live broadcasted matches as well. I got to be honest with you. I, I think it's a good thing. Like, they own both companies. Why wouldn't you do something like this? Oh, no, no. I completely agree that this is a great thing. I'm just more looking at how they're doing it. Now, I'm all for bringing the two brands together and, and having some crossover and doing some things. I just wish they weren't so baby-stepping it. Just just rip, just, just, is, just rip the, the Band-Aid off and just let, you know, my, you know, just, just, just let them go at it and not worry hey. about, you know, whether, you know, gender and things like that. Do you, you're all, you know, you're, you're involved in the discord. You, you hear the chitter chatter. What is the general temperature of, of that? This announcement, like, are people into it? Are people hesitant? Are people like traditionalists and like, I, I, don't, I don't know if this will work and why are they doing this? Like, what's the temperature in discord? I hadn't even really seen much discourse on it. Yeah. And I don't know how much of that is just, that not being, you know, they had the presser at what two o'clock this morning. Let me uh, let me go hunt around a little bit. And this is thrilling on air stuff. <laughs> this is this is live production. Yeah. This is what we do. I, you right? know, I mean, the discourse this morning was more about uh, the G one undercard matches being announced and Bad mm -hmm. Dude Tito and yes. Royce Isaacs. Um, being included. I saw on Jill that. taking a victory lap. Yeah, I saw Jill taking a, a fucking another victory lap. Taking a victory. He's not even on the show for a month, and he's taking victory laps. Well, I mean, he's let him have his victory lap. He's the one sitting there watching <laughs> strong religiously. How how out of his mind is is he right now? Is he? Do you think he's like? Uh, oh my god! I just go, I just want to get away and watch some wrestling and just and not have somebody 
yelling my name. <laughs> he's going out of his mind, isn't he? He's he's probably sneaking off to the to the bathroom and whip, <laughs> whipping out his phone and trying to find a quick match to watch. Oh yeah, that's what he's doing in the bathroom, right? Yeah. Well, he can, sure. well you can do both, right? You got two hands. Uh, I have to, I've never been amb- ambidextrous. I could never I could never get a pat. There's a pattern that you need, like a like a like a it's like an engine almost. Oh. And like if you don't hit your pattern right, you're not going to really. It's, it's going to be a waste of time. And so I can never accomplish that left hand. Why am I telling you? She's <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> like, that's great. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, all right. So we talked about the booze. We talked about the stardom. We're both uh, in favor. Also, um, they announced some outdoor shows, uh, uh, G1 specials uh, outside the TV studios. Uh, I always butcher the, the pronunciation. I always want to say acai, like the acai moonsault, but it's. Asahi, uh, like the beer. Asahi. Yeah, well, that's why I always say Ashi. Uh, <laughs> like I messed that up. Is too. it Asahi? It, isn't it, is, I thought it was, okay. Um, yeah, yeah, isn't it? G one special in Rapongi Hills. Yes. Um, outside uh, the studios. So I, I mean, uh, I guess that would be a prime time special. I would think, right? Hopefully, maybe, possibly, hopefully, right? And then they announced uh, what else did they announce? They announced the September fifth and sixth shows with the cheering. The uh, the suede I mean, that was pretty suede good. in October. <laughs> that's right, suede returning in October. UK uh, finally they've they've actually gone without for. I mean, they've had Red Pro right with some, with some drips and drabs of New Japan guys, but to have a full on New Japan Pro Wrestling show there. It's been a long time. It's been since what? Uh, Royal Quest. The, the, holy shit! Yeah, that seems forever. I mean, that's that's Harold May. That's that's yeah. uh, that that wow. That's editor Dan getting accosted by. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What the fuck was his name? I forgot. Uh, I'm having a brain lock. Yeah. Oh uh, fuck! What was his name? <sighs> Come on, we got to do better. Than I know. This. I know. Oh, I know he and Kevin Kelly owes Dan a beer. That's that's a beer that's like three years in the making, right? Because trust me, Kevin Kelly was <laughs> very happy. Um, oh, what the fuck was that guy's oh. name, Nicole? Come on, what are we doing? What are we? Um, well, well, I think of this also plans to leverage our New Zealand dojo and run more events yes. in Oceania very soon, and that's even been longer than Royal Quest. Yeah, they did joint shows. Australia, right? Yeah. Did they ever make it to New Zealand? I I don't know. I don't think they did. No. I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say no. Yeah. But I know they did Sydney, Melbourne. So look to me, I opened the show up. Is is New Japan back? I mean, everything. I I want to say yes. I, I and especially after the the buzz of Forbidden Door. Yeah, I thought. For, for, let me get your take on Forbidden Door because I didn't hear um, that. What was your take? On I, I have no take on Forbidden Door. I was in Dallas celebrating a friend's birthday. All right, no, well, I, you didn't watch it. I, I did not watch it. Wow, wow, shocking, shocking. And, and here, here, here's why. Um, yeah. I think I've mentioned, and if you follow me on Twitter. Um, you know, I'm just not a big AEW fan. I don't get the 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 chubby that other people do over the over over their roster, um, and it just it doesn't. There's nothing about it that compels me to to watch it. 
Um, and matches are good. And, and that and that's what I've heard. And and I don't doubt people in, in that regard. Um, I did watch the the Danielson Suzuki match, which I thought was fine. Um, you know, Suzuki being Suzuki and kind of leading Danielson through that match, and it was a decent match. Um, but it wasn't enough for me to sit there and go, yes, I, I, I need to, to tune into this and I need to see what Coke man is doing. Um, <laughs> I, allegedly, allegedly, <laughs> allegedly, um, insert your Jesus and marrow allegedly gifts here. Um, you know, and, and also honestly, there's enough people that watch it live on the discord that I, I, I feel like I'm almost watching it along with them. So I, I kind of get everything I need to at least kind of stay in the loop. Were you excited I, by, the, by the prospect of it? I, I felt the way I think a lot of people felt was that as the card was developing, that it had the makings of not uh, – it could have gone one of two ways. And it went, obviously, the way that we are all very happy it went. You know, great show, exceeded expectations, yada, yada, yada. Um but on the other hand, there were that the way that card was shaping up and being put together so slapdash that it just screamed that it could have just gone off a cliff. Right. Oh, it was close. Right. <laughs> you know. And then also I was I was, you know, I was in Dallas and I didn't want to sit there with my friends and go, hey, can we pay fifty bucks so I can watch this wrestling show instead of hanging out with you guys? Because yeah, I, I have to watch this thing, you know. Can I say this? Yeah. It was very good. Very good. I think I think if you saw it, and I think you would enjoy it. I do. I think you would enjoy it. I think you would think it was a really good two hours of your time. And I will probably, when I have some free time, it's um, the trade show, my, my, my industry's trade show is coming up so i've got a man the home front and it's kind of one of those deals where i'm not off again until middle of next week starting tomorrow so yeah so it's it's one of those at this point like if you were to say nicole go watch it tonight yeah that's not happening because i'll be you know trying to go to bed before two in the morning kind of deal come, um, come on just watch it <laughs> just watch something the curmudgeon just, just turn it on. You'll love it. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. All right, here's what oh, I'm going to do. Oh, Craven, Craven, Michael Craven. How can we forget? I, I had to. God damn. Had to go hunt. Who said that? Who was it? Somebody on Discord? Did no, you no, no. It? I had to. I had to hunt through. Um, I went. Wow. I went and hunted through some stuff to uh to find that. Okay. All right. So I'm going to pop out some questions from. Uh, our Twitter account. That's right. I'm hopping on the Twitter. Oh no! But I don't have access to any. I know. No, I don't have access. I, I I don't have access to our Twitter account. I don't have access to it. Like I, I can't like respond or I can't like like things. Like I'm, I'm not that I'm banned from it, but I'm just I, I don't want to do it. But anyway. Uh, oh, and also while you're while you're pulling that up, the um, the answer I got when I asked about Taco's kids was somebody went, "It's seven, right?" Wow, the overhits. Yeah, seven kids. Could you imagine having seven kids? I can't imagine that. Well, let's be honest. I can't imagine having one right now. Me neither. You know, because well, in my case, you know, it's because I apparently don't have autonomy over my 
the the festering remains uh, of my no. uh, the festering remains of my of my uterus. I have no autonomy listen. over it. So unbelievable. That's cra- I mean, listen, that's <laughs> preposterous. We all yeah. listen. I think everybody's in agreement there. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's pop out a question. Uh, let's do this one here. Okay. Let's see who this is from. Why? Because it's addressed to you. Swordfish. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's I saw that. I, I think I saw that Swordfish. One. Being that you are the uh, aficionado, the the all-knowing, the scholar, Kota Obushi. do you have any sort of update on what's the latest with Kota Obushi? No. Um, I, I know what everyone else knows. I'm not getting, like, Obushi dropping into my DMs. No. no, no, no. All right. Yeah. Um, no, I think it's just my understanding is, you know, they're just going to let his contract expire and then just be like, see ya. Don't let the door hit you on the ass on the way out. No, I don't know what, obviously, I don't know what he's doing. He's gone relatively silent on Twitter. I'm kind of, I'm kind of hoping he pops back up during the G1 oh, really? just for like the drama. <laughs> I, could you imagine? It's already a very busy, stressful time doing all these G1 shows, and then he's going to pop in and just fucking start throwing M80s on it. Yeah. I'm, I'm half waiting for that. But um, no, I mean, I've, I've seen some photos because there's some um, – there is a former kickboxer who is now a wrestler named uh, Tyson Meguchi. I'm probably butchering his last name. He's in a Gunbody Pro. But he actually um, will bill. He actually bills himself as coming out of the Ibushi Pro Wrestling Research Institute. Remember that he How uses that? he uses the hashtag. Um, like the couple of his matches I've watched, when they announce him, they announce him as being from the Ibushi Pro Wrestling Research Institute. He's a Holy he's shit. a big fan friend of Ibushi. Like during his kickboxing days, when he was doing weigh-ins, he was wearing the Ibushi boxers that New Japan wow. was selling. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So he's. He's living the dream right now. Um, that might be the best kind of sub follow in, in that regards, because sometimes you get some pictures of him at Abushi's dojo and you can see Abushi in the background, um, mm-hmm. just being Abushi and, <laughs> and and looking, you know, fa- walking in a circle. No, looking fairly, <laughs> fairly fit. Um, it's, it's never a head on shot to where you, you, it's not like that one Instagram photo that like insane people were sitting there going, look at his shoulder. It's smaller than the other shoulder. That's, that's how, <gasps> that's how, you know, new Japan is abusing him and bringing him back too soon. Um, uh, and I was looking at, well, and I was looking at that photo going, I don't know what the fuck y'all are seeing. And y'all call me the Abushi <laughs> scholar. What the fuck? <laughs> right. Um, I think people want to see, like they have an idea of, who he is and what he represents. And I think it goes be like, I feel like people have a personal attachment. And I think this goes with a lot of wrestlers. Like that's to me, that's odd. Like when you feel like you have a personal connection, I guess, or relationship, like, you know, uh, that's weird to me. Yeah. It, well, it, it, well, it takes it from just being a fan into fanatic. Right. And and we've you know, we've seen enough. We we have lived enough years on this earth to, to see that that can then end badly. Not that not that I'm saying anything, um, you know, but that's you know, that's the draw the line drawn between, you know, the fan with the maybe hyper fixation, depending upon how your brain is wired for for such things 
versus, yeah, you sitting there just staring at photos, thinking that you can somehow divine the state of his shoulder. Right. Is, is, do you find that sort of fandom, and I hate using that term, but do you find that type of fandom to be exclusive to pro wrestling, or have you found that in other areas of your life? No, it's every fandom has its toxic wing. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a Doctor Who fan. I like Star Wars. I like Star Trek, all of those things. And all of those properties, yeah, have some really awesome, great fans. Um, Doctor Who wise, I've got, you know, um, probably my best friend I met through that um, at, at a convention. And we've he, he lives in Delaware. Um, he's the one that uh, got me those Rally Reed photos for you. Oh, yeah. Do you still have them? Yeah. Oh fuck. Yeah. I can I can resend them. Yeah. You know she's pregnant? No, I didn't know that. Yes. How are you handling she, this? Not well. Uh, not well at huh? all. I know she got married because yeah. there's actually a YouTube video of somebody who went to the wedding. Oh nice. Um yeah. Um and then uh yeah, I saw some recent pictures of her uh with her, with her, uh, with with child, with child, she's almost ready to pop. Oh wow! So uh, yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh, oh, oh. anywho. Um, but yeah, but every every, every fandom's going to have that wing where you're just like, okay, you, I, I do not want to associate with you people because you're just on a level that I have no desire to be on. Right. Are you happy with the way New Japan handled that situation? I don't know how, I don't know what other way they could have handled it, right? I mean, the only thing that I keep wondering about is why don't they just release them? Mm-hmm. I, and, and I don't know how much of that is a cultural thing in Japan, possibly. Like, that's just not done releasing people. Because it doesn't feel like there's ever going to be an amicable um, resolution you know, this is not like a divorce and, oh, we're, we're just separating and then we come back together because we realize how much we missed each other. That yeah. just, fe- I mean, that just feels just like legit. Fuck you guys. I'm going to burn this shit to the ground. It's um, it's that scene from Waiting to Exhale where the car goes up in flames and she's, I think it's Angela Bassett, like lights the car up in fire and just walks away from it. And just is like snapping her fingers and just proud of herself that she's 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 blown this shit up. Yeah. Um. Th- so the only thing that that I question is why are they holding on to him? Are they hoping that in the next five months before five six months before the contract is up, then he has a change of heart and dials the rhetoric down? I mean, they completely. You know, according to the to one of Lance's Vogue Patreons, they completely shook up the the back the backstage stuff and moved the official into different position. And the official, I know. I know. <laughs> and and so put him away from talent relations. They they've made all these other changes. So I'm not sure outside of just outright firing Kikuchi, um, what more they could do on their end. And at this point, it's it's kind of the balls in a way in Abushi's court as to whether he wants to kind of let let it be, or if he's just going to continue on 
you know, flaming, flaming everything left and right. And I think once we realized that it involved his mother, it just took it into a place that I can't even imagine um, the thought process at that point of wanting to go back to a workplace that you feel caused your mother enough pain to do what she did. Yeah. That would you be, would you be disappointed if he wound up in a New Japan Pro Wrestling ring in the next six months year? No, I don't think so. It's just you know because again, ultimately, as as has been said numerous times, he's a grown ass man that can control his own destiny and make his own decisions. So if he was to pop back up, say at the end of Power Struggle in challenge for the belt and say, I'm back. I want the belt. I would be perfectly fine with that because unless some report came out that said that he was forced to do it, I would go, okay, you've searched your heart and your soul and you've come to this decision that you want to come back. Do you feel like in any way that he would be strong armed into that? I don't, I I, just, I'm just asking only because, yeah, I mean, it's like you've got, like this is feels like it's more than just a hey you know what we're not going to use you anymore or you know, I think this you know re- working relationship has run its course we're going to not renew your kind this is this has gotten much worse than that I mean you had a guy who again New Japan reshuffling the the backstage office based off of the actions of of his tweets. Right. I'm just, I'm not, yeah. So this is not say like a typical WWE talent relation issue. This, and I'm just not sure. I'm trying to envision how they could strong arm him because at this point, I think that if they could have, they would have. Okay. So he's sitting out though. He's and he's still out. under contract. Still under contract. Still under contract. Right. So could they say, Hey, you're under contract. Now, you don't have to show up, but you ain't working anywhere else, right? So for two years, he's going to sit at home, right? Is that how long his contract is? or is it? I mean, right. I, I threw two, two yeah. out there, but let's just call it one. Let's call it one year. Right. And it may not it may be less. Yeah. He's not working anywhere else. He's not making any money. Now, apparently, he doesn't necessarily need the money. But, okay, he's, he's not wrestling, which, correct me if I'm wrong, that's what he really wants to do. Right. So... Is is that the company forcing his hand to say, okay, I don't give a shit. You could stay at home, but you're under contract. Well, if, if that's the play, it's not working because he's no, he's he, really it's not in the he's not in the G one. And you would and right. you would think that if his desire to wrestle wrestle would ultimately es- exceed whatever animosity he has with the official and Obari, then I think we would have seen him in the G1. But I Give me I think that bridge is burned. I think that bridge is burned. Yeah. Scale 1 to 10, New Japan ring. Is he come, ever coming back? 1, cuz never say never. Right. But I I I, I I I I mean, I would be shocked if it's any time in the next couple of years. Now maybe in the twilight of his career, maybe for like one last run or just kind of just to to kind of walk out on a big walk away on a bigger stage. Maybe, but even then, I'm still, you know, on a scale of one to ten, super J gun cast, super J cast gun in my go. head. Yes. Um, I think I'm taking a bullet. 
Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I don't think that chamber's empty. If, if, if they release him, where does he go? I would prefer he would go, go the Suzuki route and go back to freelancing because we've seen from Suzuki that you can come over to the States, do very little, and make a lot of money and make a lot of people happy. It's probably the best way to go. Take those independent dates in the UK. Take yeah. those independent dates in the US. He could still do AEW if he wanted to. Which um, I don't think he wants to do. Do you think that's like the the, the Kenny Abushi thing? No, do you think I, I don't. Water under the bridge at this point. You know, I don't know if that's water under the bridge at this point because again, Abushi's not in my TMs. Um, so. I, I think it's more of go back to there's an interview he did shortly after he announced that he was staying and Charlton um, translated some of it. And I don't remember the exact quote, but he was basically saying that the way AEW was presented to him at the time and the way they pitched it to him. And obviously things have slightly changed, but he was like at the time they were basically just like, just come move to Florida and and wrestle there was no game plan for him and he viewed it as a retirement move that it would be something that he would do if he wanted to just retire quote unquote hmm. and, 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 of- and the comments were very similar also to when he turned down wwe and saying that he doesn't wrestle for money well i think that's a, a definite right right I think I think that's a definite, and and like he needs that creative freedom to be able to do kind of what he wants to do against the opponents that he wants to do it with. Um, I think the only way that he winds up in a New Japan Pro Wrestling ring is if there's a change in management, like a complete change in management, and I don't see that happening unless, and again, unless he has something in his pocket where he's like, okay, I've I've yet to drop the the biggest hammer. Um, and it's just a fucking scandal that that rocks you know, Bushi Road. Right. Um, now, on the AEW front, I, also we have to consider that they've got this 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 growing relationship with New Japan, and would and depending on the internal feelings of New Japan about Abushi, would AEW risk that by bringing Abushi on board? I don't think they would care. I I I honestly don't. I don't think okay. that they, that New Japan would be like, no, you can't go. You're under contract. Like, I really do believe that they would let him out of the contract and let him go to wherever he wants to go. The problem would be those joint shows at that right. point. And you know, and 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 if things here, here's the thing: it's pro wrestling. Like, like relationships that you thought were there's no fucking way these people could be in the same room, let alone work together. They get ironed out. You know, <laughs> you know, things get things get ironed so, out. So you so, so you view it ultimately as hypothetically, Abushi, his contract expires. They let him out. Whatever, he's a free man. He goes to AEW. So you eventually see it as more of the CMLL Triple A situation with like Roosh and Andrade yeah. and Dragon Lee, and it's just a matter of our guys can't work with him. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean. Here, he's not going to move. No, like, no, no. But to do you know individual shows or popping in here and there, yeah, I think he's going to be a freelancer and he'll he'll 
be able to make that money. And and again, I think AEW would be in that equation. So you think you think AEW would be the best place where if we still think we're going to see Omega Ibushi 4, you think it would happen there in an yeah. AEW ring? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. Um, wouldn't it be wouldn't it be something? Uh, wouldn't it be something if it's a DDT show and DDT like sells out uh, fucking Tokyo Dome? Oh, that's that's the only way DDT is going to sell out Tokyo Dome. Let me ask you this. And I love and I adore DDT, and that's not. But I mean, the truth is, yeah. If, if Takagi legitimately wants to run the Tokyo Dome, that's the match. That, that's the only. That's match. the only match. So if they pull that off, let's just fucking have some fun here. Yeah. Do do they? I'll set the over under. Like it's, it's and, and it can be like a joint undercard. You can get all Japan in the mix, big Japan, whatever you want to do. However you want to, uh, this thing's going to fucking look. But DDT is running the Tokyo Dome with Abushi, Kenny Omega on top. I'm going to set the number at thirty thousand. Do they go? Do they get more than thirty thousand in that building? Um, I think they so thirty thousand and one. Yeah. Because I'm thinking of all the fly-ins. Do you think there would be a lot of fly-ins? I think there would be. I think there, I would, think be there would be two. I I do. Mm, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be saucy and go over. Wow. That's, Imagine that. That's, I mean, that's the, I mean, that, I mean, we talk about protected matches. That's an insanely protected match. And here's two guys that have. You know, they're, they have a very close relationship, uh, both sour on New Japan Pro Wrestling, right? Right. Both have their issues. That would be the biggest fuck you to New Japan, wouldn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's now, does would something like that fuck up a relationship with New Japan? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Because too. New Japan, I mean, if you, if you believe everything that Kenny was saying in 2018 regarding the G1 it's very uh, new Japan has been gag was gagging for that matchup and just begging them and trying to find ways to get them to finally give them that match. And then to see DDT or even a, like a co AEW DDT show at the dome, like especially if AEW is involved, then you're definitely getting over 30,000. Yeah, I don't. Th- I don't know if the AEW component would be there. Like, I think I I can't imagine them risking it. But I can imagine Tony Khan kind of throwing his arms in the air and being like, "Hey, I can't control Kenny Omega. He's a fucking loose cannon." Um, and you know, Abushi not having any relationship with with New Japan. And again, we're all just fucking having fun with yeah. this. We're just speculating here, people. But. How fucking crazy would that be? And Cyber Agent's got the money. Cyber Agent has more money than Bushi Road to pay. Oh, I want to see it now. I, they, I want that to be in a DDT ring. No, 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 no. Cyber, no. Remember, <laughs> remember, Cyber Agent is the parent company of DDT. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm talking just in terms of of money. I'm talking in terms of, let's say, because Bushi has also said um, that he doesn't see himself going back to DDT. But let's say Takagi rolls up on him and goes, look, I want this match. Tokyo right. Dome, main event. Yeah. It's what you two have always wanted. 
They've always yep. wanted to main event the dome with that match. Cyber Agent could pay just about any stupid amount of money that was thrown at them as the fee to make it happen. I don't think it's as preposterous as, you know, maybe five minutes ago or 10 minutes no. ago. I really don't. I mean, maybe I'm just talking myself into it, but. I mean, that's a, a route I could absolutely see. I mean, and again, I'm not necessarily knowing all the fucking hoops that would have to go into it, but just um, imagine that. All right. Speaking of wrestlers and relationships and people liking each other and not, uh, there was an interview, I believe, last week oh. uh, on, on on Wrestle In. Um, I think it dropped today. Will Os- yeah. Was it today? I think it okay. today. All right. Well, go check that out if you haven't. Wrestle in. Um, Will Ospreay sat down and uh, had some interesting cool, tidbits, yeah. I'll say. Interesting tidbits on one Kenneth Omega, um, where he revealed that uh, he was to be brought into AEW earlier, but apparently that was blocked by... Kenny Omega. Allegedly. Uh, allegedly. And Will Ospreay went on to say uh, how, um, I don't know, what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, I'm going to just pull this up. Uh, Fightful did a transcript of that okay. specific um, section that we want to talk about. So why don't we just read this thing in full? Let's do it. Um, Let's give me do a second it. here. I'm going to pull this up. Okay. So this is after Ospreay um, saying that he thinks... Kenny is the reason why it took him this long to show up in AEW. Um, So give me one second here. All right. So Osprey continued by saying, quote, this whole thing has generated from back in 2019. It was Kenny's last match, and I guess he wanted Ibushi out there to second him. This is referring to uh, Wrestle Kingdom 13. I fucking blew Ibushi's brain out with the hidden blade. He's super fucking mad at me. The thing is, I'm mad at myself when those situations happen. I want to brain somebody, but it's a legal wrestling move. I'm allowed to do it. I'm allowed to do blows to the back of the head. 12-6 elbows down. This is a 9-3 elbow strike. I'm allowed to do it. Obviously, the repercussion is he got knocked out and it was a bad concussion. Since then, myself and Ibushi, we have gone out for drinks. We don't talk anymore, but after that point, we went for drinks and meals. We're fine. But Kenny is butt hurt off an accident. Osprey continued by saying, quote, he can think what he wants about me, but the motherfucker is such a little bitch. The same, per- hey. yeah, the same person who is like, I grew up after six or seven five star matches. No, you didn't, you cunt. You vanity search your name on Twitter to see what everybody says, and when it's bad, you cry in the corner of your million pound house, and you're still bothered by some cunt who sits doing some wrestling matches, who is trying to help out not only the British scene but the Japanese scene, because I'm not an idiot when it comes to my company. We got hit hard by the p- pandemic. Does that mean I'm taking a day off? No, I'm working my ass off to bring it back because that's what you said to do. This is the reason I don't like Kenny. This is where some people can relate. When you say something to me, look me in the eye and speak to me. When you talk to me and tell me this and then go to the fans and talk differently, that's where we have a problem. You have my number. If we have a problem, call me and we can fucking talk about this. I don't have anything to say to him. Be all, end all. I'm sure if everyone was in the same room, I would slap them. The worst thing is people are going to listen and be like, they're building to something. 
We're not building up to anything. He's a cunt. I will slap that boy and remind him, you're a fucking 40-year-old man and you're fucking fragile. Do you really want to get with me? I will end you. All right. So let's, first of all, I was very uncomfortable with you throwing around that C word, all right? <laughs> that, was, that was a very, very relaxed tone. You, you're just chucking it around. Just just C bombs everywhere. Um, South Jersey, girl, I, I, what do you expect? I know. Yeah, I was like, man, this girl's been to Cherry Hill once or twice. Fuck. Um, uh, again, that is Wrestle In that you would uh, want to go to to uh, hear this interview. Um, and I recommend doing it just because you get the full context. But with that being said, is is Will working us here? Or do you think this is a legit beef? Hmm. I'm going to go with a little from column A and a little mm. from column B. All right. I like this. Go ahead. It, you know, is there, it, it's mainly the bit about, you know, is it, and I, I read a little bit more of the transcript that Fightful did because there's a little bit more in the full article on their website um, where Will was like, you know, I talked to, uh, basically was saying about how, you know, he talks to people in AEW and he was talking to them like after shows, you know, having smokes and whatever and was like, you know, I'm not hearing glowing things about you from them kind of deal. So is there a little, you know, so it's, 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 I'll, it's, I'll say this. Okay. Yeah, I'll say this. We talked to plenty of in ring talent and we talked to plenty of outside the ring and we talked to plenty of former home big mix. I will say this with a preface of the gentleman in my conversations with him and they were not in, in, Deep, you know, they weren't, you know, we weren't talking about political uh, agendas of, uh, you know, it wasn't a deep philosophical conversation. He was, he was very nice to me and we had a cordial conversation and it was more than fine. Um, but I will say this, that there are more than a few that bring up when we bring up his name or when his name has been brought up. His being Will or Kenny. Okay. okay. That there are sighs, eye rolls, uh, you know, a little difficult to work with, um, a little, uh, I want to say diva mentality, uh, more than a few. Now, I will also sandwich that with... Pro wrestlers can be very jealous. Pro wrestlers can be very spiteful. Pro wrestlers can be very uh, petty. And I will also say this. The greatest wrestlers of all time probably could have a lot of those traits that people are eye-rolling and hand-waving, right? From CM Punk to Ric Flair to Hogan to go through time like like the greats kind of have that like if you know what you want to be and you see yourself moving with a rocket strapped to your back in that direction yeah you're going to do everything you can to protect yourself from losing that spot um but i but again there is a common denominator there 
Kenny Omega. Now, I I can't say it's rare, but usually when a pro wrestler goes on a little tirade like this, especially when when it pertains to another pro wrestler where there is a possibility of them meeting in a ring, it doesn't, you know, the He's working his brother. <laughs> right. And that and that's why I took a little from column A and a little from column B. Um for for that reason, because I also am in the opinion of that if if the lips are moving, especially with um anybody that works in, in Japan, because we see that all the time, like like Jay, you know, Jay's going on other podcasts and Jay's completely in character. So it's not just the Japanese guys that try to remain in character. It's you know the the westerners that work in japan try to maintain that that work mentality so yeah hey, look like, at juice yeah look at juice. yeah so the so the lips are moving i'm assuming that at least half of what you're saying is a work to me yeah is that do you think that's a good thing like do you do you find these type of situations now again this is kind of one reason why i'm not the biggest fan of having people on like that are in in the company, you know. It's like what are like what are they going to tell me, right? right? Like really, what are they going to tell me now? Again, if I'm sure Will was speaking from the heart, but he, I believe Will Osprey was speaking from the heart, right? Um, like, do you think it's a good like? I I guess my question is this: Are we at a point where pro wrestlers are using these? platforms, podcasts, YouTube videos, whatever, fan-created content to help get over their own storylines. They're stupid if they're not. Yeah. Because it's, it's just... See, I it's, hate it, though. Yeah, I mean, whether... I mean, yeah, so love or hate, but I'm just from the standpoint of, are they using it? I think they're dumb if they're not, because especially in today's world with so many other avenues to reach fans old and new and to build, it's just another tool. It's just like Twitter or TikTok or Instagram or Facebook. It's, it's going on somebody's podcast and having an, excuse me, having an interview and using that to further, to further generate buzz. I mean, Will even himself says in that quote about how, oh, people are just going to think I'm building to something. And then he goes, oh, I'm not building to anything. Go look at the replies of the tweet that has the video clip of that. And at least when I looked at it earlier this afternoon, the overwhelming majority of the replies to that tweet were, oh, they're sending up a match. They're working us towards something. This is going somewhere. A lot of that, though, is like in pro wrestling fans don't want to be they don't want to be seen as with their pants down. Right? Right. They just they, they, yeah, know, they, they don't want to. Oh, the, he worked me. And yeah, sometimes I have don't, that. Don't you love that? Though? I do. Don't you love the, I do. I do. Me too. I mean, I don't I work me every fucking time. I mean, please I'll get mad for like 30 seconds that I got worked. And then once I realize I got worked, I go, ha ha, good on you. You got me. You got this jaded 40-year-old woman. Um, you, Because this is what we watch for, isn't it? Right. 
Yes, correct. Absolutely. A thousand percent. And if and if not, I mean, I guess you could you can enjoy it however you want to enjoy it. But the idea of things happening that you didn't expect happening is very difficult to maintain in this world, right? Things get leaked all the fucking time, right? Um, that being said, has anyone made money promoting a match this way? Or is it just part of the process? Like, I don't know. To me, I kind of like the idea of mystery behind a guy that's not tweeting as opposed to a guy who does go on podcasts and interviews and kind of does this to create buzz. I think it's just an avenue one can go. So we have somebody like Juice who is, is for the most part, doesn't get involved in any of this, right? He doesn't do interviews. That should have probably should have been our first clue we were getting worked by Juice, the fact that he was even doing interviews to begin with. Um, so you've got Juice who doesn't have a Twitter account and all we have all we hear about Juice or anything is like secondhand stuff if it's not happening mm-hmm. on a show. And then you've got somebody like Will, who is very online on Twitter, um, cannot put it down, even though he's tried, <laughs> right? right? Um, and I think ultimately, so for him, it's just a tool and another way in his mind to further his character, to further create buzz and to get people involved, to want to come out to the shows to see him. Yeah. Cause I can't think of any other benefit for having that, that type of conversation. Like what's the benefit in him even, okay, let's just say that it's, there's no possibility of a match ever occurring. Uh, and we're not doing this to plant seeds. Like, what's the be- why would anybody do that? Like, you know, you're gonna, you know, eventually you're gonna share a locker room with the dude, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, it just makes no sense to me, right? Yeah. So it's just, it's just another tool in 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 the toolbox. Yeah. All right. Let me do this. Uh, let's quickly because we're already at an hour and a half in. How about that? Um, did you catch any of the Cork and Hall shows with – we had a uh, never six-man title change. Yeah, so uh, – The new champion, Yo, Yo, of all people, <laughs> getting getting the big pin on show, uh, and he's now holding gold along with Yoshihashi and uh, Hiroki Goto as they defeated the uh, House of Torture team. Um how do you how do you like the dog pen matches? Do you like do you, do you want to see more of that in Pearl? Here, the the only thought I had in my head besides please let this end was how do real deathmatch guys view that match? Because they were billing it yeah. as a dog cage deathmatch. Yeah, and I was just sitting there going, proper deathmatch guys have to be watching that and just like throwing something at the TV screen. And just being yeah. incredibly insulted. Speaking of incredibly assault, insulted, I did watch the shows. For the most part in their entirety, the last night I just watched the, the dog match, a dog cage match. And that- <laughs> Can't believe you're saying that out loud, right? <laughs> I know. Um, that led into, I did like how it, how it organically led into the uh, Never Six Man. I did like that. Mm-hmm. Um. But speaking of being insulted, how are you feeling as a Noah fan watching your GHC champ basically curtain, chir- curtain jerk a New Japan Corrigan 
How are you Love feeling it. as an All Japan fan to watch your junior heavyweight champion, Curtain Jerk, a show? Yeah. I can't imagine. And there are, are I know, a plenty of passionate Noah fans. They can't be thrilled with that. And they can come up with any excuse in their head of how to justify it. You can't be happy with that. Like, it's just, I, I trust me, I sit here and I think, man, this year, I sat on this nonsense podcast talking about how fresh and how hot and how Boy, they're just blowing the doors off New Japan right now. And boy, how great would it be to be just sink your teeth into the Noah stuff? And it just, I think we were the kiss of death because ever since that show, it has been nonstop just head scratchers. Like, what, what, in your mind, what is the justification of a guy who is well past his best days? Winning that title for the promotion. Uh, and he's, again, he's a, tag match second from the top. He's a dad. He's beyond that. Right. But, it, it, I mean, me personally, looking at the Noah situation as um, as not a passionate fan, I'm still trying to figure out why they were putting the belt on Mudo, why they're putting it on Fujita, and why they're, you know, why they were doing that. Right. And then they just take it to the next level and put it on Kojima, who then is showing up at New Japan shows to wrestle Taka Michinoku, which no offense to Taka, the legend that he is. But you're you're having your belt go to other promotions in the undercard in and it can't get much lower than that. Maybe a dark match. Right. You're like that. That's (laughs) it. We're on the flip side. When New Japan champions went to other promotions, they were treated with respect. Okada goes to DDT, and he's he's showing up as the big bad bully that's going to teach this upstart indie where its place is. You know, they didn't have Okada fighting, you know, Dino on the undercard. It's, it, it's But why? I don't know. That that why would we even put him on the show? I guess you know, like if there was no spot for him, like if there was no place. Okay, hey, listen, we're, we got these matches, but why, why shoehorn him in on the in this on this show? Like I'm just trying to think of like if I'm a Noah fan, am I happier that he's on this show and getting maybe a couple more eyeballs, um, or am I like hmm, what the fuck? But how? how like I, but I how is he getting more eyeballs when he's fighting Taka? It's not like he was fighting Okada or fighting even a young lion who he's helping to showcase that this young lion could be somebody someday. He's fighting Taka. Right. But he's on a stream that quite possibly could get more people watching than a random Noah show that would be streamed. Right. And, And my point is that then... If your intent is to get more eyeballs, hope to maybe grab a couple extra eyeballs for your product, he's got to be in a match that's actually meaningful. Yeah. And and here's the thing, too. It's not like you're grabbing any new audience. No. Maybe. I mean, everybody knows who he is, yeah. you know, that's watching that stream, you know, it's watching New Japan World. 
Um, so it's not like, oh, it's this guy Kuji. Like you know who he is. Right. Uh, um, I mean, do you tune in just to see him defend the title? But he wasn't even defending I mean, the title. Well, I know on this, yeah. but like I guess in the I guess in the future, I, like like I, I mean, I don't know. It, yeah. it, it's not sexy at all. And then all Japan did the same thing with Tiger Mask and their junior belt. Yeah, Tiger Mask. <laughs> I just I just love that New Japan is. Oh yeah, we'll work with other promotions. We're gonna have you put your belt on our dads. I mean, would you give? Here's the thing. When, if and when he loses, and, and probably sooner than later, it's not going to be a big deal if he loses to whomever they want to put over, right? It's really not. It's not going to be a big deal. No. But let's just say, for sake of shits and giggles, you you put the title on, I don't know, fucking Hanare, right? Like him losing, would him winning, like what would, what would you, again, put yourself into a, a, a Noah fan's shoes. And, okay, you have to have it on a New Japan guy, but there's a certain level you're not going to get. Like, you're not going to put it on Jay White. You can't do that. You're not going to put it on Okada. You're not going to put it. Would you rather have Hinare or would you rather have Kojima? Probably Kojima, right? I, Just I, from the name alone I, oh, and the well, history. And all. You know, if my only choices are Kojima and Hinare, yeah, I'm picking Kojima because Hinari's nothing. Hinari's not even in the G1 without them expanding it to 28. Well, true, right, right. Right? I mean. I'm trying to think, like, who would you, who would be. I would put it on Sonata. That's not a bad, that's not a bad choice. That is at least the level of New Japan guy that if, if I have to sit here and go, okay, who do I put another company's belt on for, and, and for whatever reason, I'm putting it on the Sonata level guy. Sonata. Zack Sabre Jr., those guys, maybe even a Tai Chi. Your, your upper, somebody in that, that upper mid card, not a tippy top guy, but at least an upper mid card, because I know the way that New Japan lays out their cards, I'm at least guaranteed that they're, for the most part, will be in a match that is after the intermission. And they'll be facing interesting people and be able to better showcase what I'm about as a promotion than curtain jerking against, you know, other legends and other dads. I think that's probably the best case scenario. Like Sonata. Like I'm really trying to rack my brain and be like, okay, like who Yeah. That's that's not a bad pick. I mean He's a pop- I mean he's not a spring chicken. No, but, so, well, know, well he's, he's he's younger than just about anybody holding a belt in Noah right now. <laughs> right. That's, it's, it's that infusion of youth right. that they would have <laughs> on a 30-something-year-old guy. And he's, he's, he's super popular. And so yeah. I would feel fairly confident that Sonata fans would follow him to Noah to see him defend the belt. I think I think we solved the problem. Yeah. I got to be honest with you. I see we call that Pickering guy and get him get in his ear. <laughs> All right, listen, let's wrap it up. An hour and 38 minutes, we talked everything. And I like this. I like this format. And I wouldn't be surprised if this format is the way it's going to go moving forward, at least for the month, or until some breaking news and Joel's like, I want to be on, I want to be on, I want to be on. So Um, so would you say that this format is fresh? Come on. Oh, oh my God, we forgot the the read, didn't we? (laughs) Shit. Uh, I would say that it is fresh. Absolutely fresh. Um, 
Would you say it's fresh? I, I would definitely say it's fresh. Do you want to do the read? That's what I'm trying to do. Oh, oh shit. Okay. <laughs> no, um, no, you don't have to. I figured I'd, you know, I'd let you do oh, the read. Shit. I mean, yeah. You know, um, yeah. But I can do it. I'm trying to pull it up. I, I think I know it by heart. <laughs> you know. I'm going to let you do the okay. read. I'm going to let oh, you do shit. the read. All right. Were we supposed to do this in the beginning of the show? Probably. <laughs> I'm sure do it at some I point. Yeah. yeah. Dan, stick it somewhere. <laughs> right, you know, just chop this part, throw it in the front. All right. We're going to do the read now anyway. We're not like, we're making a ton of money doing this anyway. So go ahead. You got it. Let me know when you got yeah. it. Um, you got it? No, All right. no. Hey. Oh, you don't have it yet? Okay. I, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the, the, the hey. I'm trying to figure out. I'm, I'm just pulling this thing up. Um, All right. Do they have, hey. do they have, go do ahead. they have just a basic? Yeah, it's like a basic uh, ad read instead of just talking yeah. points because I'm just looking at talking points. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I mean, listen, I can do it, Nicole. Yeah, let me. I, I am not prepared unless oh, I just read off the. I'm uh, sorry. Yeah. So, right, yes, well, listen, yes Damon, you, I would say I'll, it's it's fresh as <laughs> as almost hello fresh. Ah, there it is. Yes, of course. Hello fresh. Our good friends. At HelloFresh, uh, delicious food delivered to your door, garden fresh, farm fresh, all kinds of fresh delivered to your door. How convenient is that? Uh, we are big fans here at the McDonald House. We love the HelloFresh. comes delivered uh, in any very uh, convenient box that is uh you know frozen stuff stays fresh. Your veggies stay fresh. And it's pre-portioned. You're not going to waste uh, you know, spending time at the supermarket. It's all coming to your house. You order it online. You pick your meals. No more. What are we going to have for dinner? Look, here's what you need to do. Nicole, do you have that website right in front of you? Uh, I will in a second. That hellofresh.com slash V-O-W. What's the number? Uh, that, oh, pulled the wrong thing up. <laughs> V-O-W, what's the number? Let me... 16, I believe it is. Yeah, I, I, I believe it's 16 as well. Let me... All right. Yeah, we're, we're going to double check this. Double check it, because it's important. I know. V-O-W slash... I believe it's 16. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, V-O-W 16. All right. And then what code are you going to put in, Nicole? Oh, the code you are going to put in is... Isn't it V-O-W 16? It is. How easy is that, right? You put that in, and you're going to get some free gifts and up to 16 free uh, Unbelievable. 16 free meals. You think of that? It's a fantastic deal. So I know you've been thinking about it. I know it's been on your radar. Now's the time to do it. You stuck with this show to this point. You might as well do it now. VOW16. That's HelloFresh.com. Slash VOW16. Put in the code VOW16. Get all those goodies. And get on board with HelloFresh. HelloFresh, thank you. All right. So now we can wrap it up, right? Right. Now that we've done talking about HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. <laughs> Very good. Look at that. You're going to just, like, just throw in little HelloFresh jabs till the end of the show. Uh, listen, let me thank you once again for hopping on board. When we put out the bat signal, you are always there to, re to respond and come through in in fl with flying colors is what I want to say. So I definitely appreciate you taking the time to hop on with us. And I know our listeners do as well. Oh God, no, thank you for, for having me on. Like as, as we were talking about in the, um, in our little like five second warm up, 
I, I did not think I was getting this call after listening to uh, last week's podcast. I thought you would have people. The first one? I, I thought you would have people infinitely cooler than me on <laughs> oh. on while uh, Joel is uh, gallivanting across the UK and maybe taking down the British government. I did you see I that? Did. I was like, I was like, he he's there for the first time in like four or five years, and he topples Bojo. I'm, I'm like, go Joel. I know. I know. He's unbelievable. The stroke this man yeah. has. Is pretty fucking unbelievable. Yeah, so he's having a good time. But no, again, thank you uh, for being there because uh, between the work that you do on Discord and you coming in, uh, us making a hot tag to you to come in, we we definitely appreciate it. Uh, Thanks for having me on. Ton of fun as always. Awesome. So, uh, hey, listen, if you want to support us, uh, redcircle.com. Throw us some uh, bucks, why don't you? We could definitely use it. And buy a t-shirt, prowrestlingtees.com slash whatever we are. Super, look for us. We're there. Buy a t-shirt. It makes us feel good. Uh, thank you to the great editor, Dan, who not a lot of work for him this week, but he'll. Uh, I'm sure he'll enjoy the shout out. Go follow him. Lousy Hero was at 2 and 9. Uh, Escape the Box. You definitely want to tune in uh, on Spotify or Apple Music or wherever you, you stream your music. Lots of new stuff coming out from him, and it sounds fucking tremendous. This this fucking escape the box. I'm telling you, Nicole, they're going to headline Glastonbury, and then we're going to have VIP access backstage. It's going to be great. Sweet. Just just wait. Just hang in there. Yeah, just hang in there. Uh, all right, we did the damn plugs. Uh, you got anything on a plug? Plug away. Um, if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at booze leprechaun. Booze being spelled B O the number zero Z E, and then leprechaun, all one word. Um slide into joel's dms if you want to get into the discord i'm letting him be the gatekeeper so then if he lets somebody in that i've got a boot i can blame it on him (laughs) it's all it's all part of my plan it's a good plan it's worked so far anything else anything else you got going on no not really unless unless you want to slide into my dms and order cigars from me if you're over the Uh. age of 21 yeah, listen, if you're a cigar fan, that's the person you want to, that's the definitely the person you want to hit up. So again, thanks for tuning in. Uh, a little different format this week, but I think we had a lot of fun. Uh, next week, I don't know who the fuck we're going to have. So it'll be somebody. We'll figure it out. Uh, we'll get through this month without Joel and his uh, seductive, sexy voice. All right. See you next week. Later. Goodbye.